That was a blessing. Praise the Lord. Please turn in the Word of God to the book of Ruth, chapter number 3. Book of Ruth, chapter number 3. I'll take a moment just thank any and all of you that have been praying for my wife back at the house. So it's been a, been a long week. Those of you who know, those of you who don't, it's okay. Um, just continue to pray for her. She's still at the house this morning. Not a lot of us has improved except for her fever. And so her fever was at 103 on Tuesday. Um, it's back down under 100 right now, which is a blessing, but still high. And so continue to pray for her. She's in a lot of pain. And so pray for sleep. But Book of Ruth, chapter number 3. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read the first five verses. Book of Ruth, chapter number 3, verse number 1, it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he, he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and shalt go in, and uncover his feet, and lay thee down. And, thou, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, the speaking Ruth to Naomi, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. I would like to draw our attention back to Ruth chapter number 3, verse number 2. That first statement there where it says, And now is not Boaz one of our kindred. And now is not Boaz one of our kindred. I would like to speak for a few moments this morning on the simple subject of who do you know? Who do you know? Let's open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Lord, I thank you for another opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk. Lord, I pray that you would allow the words to come out of my mouth to be your words and not my words. Lord, I pray that you would help this to help somebody here today like it's helped me. Lord, I pray that you would give us a wonderful day in service today. I pray that you would be with those who aren't able to be here. I pray that you would be with Pastor as he's preaching up north in Alton Bay. Lord, I pray that you would give him the words to say. Give him your spirit, Lord. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit here and now. Lord, I pray that you would give us a wonderful service this morning. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for my salvation and your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Who do you know? Our culture today is t tends to revolve around people that we know or people that we don't know. You think about this when you go to an event, you, you tend to ask, do you know so-and-so? Or and somebody comes up and says, did you know so-and-so? I think about it, we, we had a, I, I did a, a funeral back two weeks ago down in Manchester, and they, they would come up and they would ask me, did you know, and they gave his name. When, and when you think about this, our culture tends to revolve around those that we know or those that we don't know. In looking at this, do I need to switch to this mic here? Because this one's popping. Gotta got love technology. If the devil's in one thing, it's gonna be the microphones. It's okay, this is why we have backups. Backups for the backups. Who do you know? 
when it, when it comes to our uh, our culture today, we and we also will tend to name drop. How many of you guys know people who name drop? They walk up and go, "Yeah, so I was talking to so and so today." And and they'll just kind of casually drop the name in there. Yeah, think about names that people would drop nowadays. You think about and people in, in sport history, you talk about like Tom Brady, for, who, was, who was the long-time quarterback for the New England Patriots. If you knew him personally, you would, you would say, yeah, so I was talking to Tom Brady the other day. Everybody would go, oh, this guy knows Tom Brady. You think about Elon Musk, the billionaire CEO of Tesla. If, if some of us had his phone, his phone number right now and say, oh, yeah, I was, I was giving him a call yesterday. I was talking about the property next door, and he was mentioning about writing a check to pay off, and that would be a blessing. Okay? But we, we would chuckle, and we'd say, oh, this person knows Elon Musk. You would say, okay, if, if you had the opportunity to meet either President Biden or President Trump or going Vice President Harris or Vi- uh, Vice <laughs> I just forgot his name. Vice President Pence. It's in my notes. See, this is why you don't walk away from your notes. You would, ha- you would name drop those constantly and say, yeah, I had the opportunity to meet these people. But the question today, I don't, I don't care really who you know, except for one person. I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? You see, in our text today, we read Ruth chapter number, uh, chapter number three, and I brought our attention to that phrase in verse number two where it says, and now is not Boaz one of our kindred. Now, if you look across and you study down into this, this is not the same word that is translated throughout the course of this book of Ruth that's translated from the Hebrew word goel, which means kinsman redeemer. Okay, it's not the same word. Now, Boaz is her kinsman redeemer. If you're in our Sunday school class upstairs, you would have seen this picture as we go through. But in looking at this, this word kindred simply is translated from the, from the Hebrew word that's in a general sense, meaning acquaintance. Okay, It's somebody that you just, you know about them. You have a passing relationship with them. I think about it this way. Having the opportunity, if you were to walk by and you have an opportunity to meet the President of the United States, okay, the President is not, uh, most likely not going to remember, remember our name. Whether it's the pres- uh, President currently, whether it was President Trump, whether it was President Bush, President, uh, President Obama, they're not going to remember lowly Peter. Just being honest with you. They meet thousands of people throughout the year. The odds of them remembering me very low. It'd be a passing acquaintance with them. It's always somebody that I met when I was handshaking with them up in, uh, up in New Hampshire. I think about, for instance, our church had a harvest supper back in, I think it was the 2016 era. Okay, and we had Ted Cruz came through, and he attended our harvest supper here at the church. Okay, Ted Cruz probably does not remember Peter Chamberlain Jr. Okay, as a passing acquaintance. I got my picture with him and everything. Okay, right? You would think he would remember everybody he took a picture with and remember their names. Ultimately, it's just an acquaintance. Can I tell you there's a difference between me and, and me looking at Ted Cruz and see, remember how I just talked about name dropping? That was one of them. Okay? I, really, it doesn't matter if I know Ted Cruz. It doesn't matter whether I know Brother Jordan back here. But I know Brother Jordan a lot better than I know Ted Cruz. Brother Jordan is not just an acquaintance with me. Brother Jordan is somebody that I would, I would consider, personally, I would consider him one of my brothers. 
in looking at this, that passing acquaintance, it doesn't do much for you. It doesn't do much in saying, okay, this is a lasting relationship. For Naomi looking at Ruth and giving that example of saying that Boaz is a kindred, that acquaintance, okay, there wasn't a personal relationship with Boaz yet. Now, by the end of today, we'll see that there eventually was a personal relationship. But in looking at this, I want to talk about having a personal relationship with God. That it's not just an acquaintance with God. Because can I tell you today that there are people around this world that they are acquainted with God, but they don't have a personal relationship with God. I can tell you today that there are people that know about God, but they don't know God. I can tell you today that there are people that that they can sit here and they can tell that you either know about God or you just know about God. In looking at this, let's talk about having a personal relationship with God. Number one, I want us to see that having a personal relationship with God, we have to communicate. We have to communicate. Now, how do we communicate? You think, eh, we communicate through words and through actions. I think about this. Pastor made the statement on Thursday night. Communication is having equal information with somebody. Okay, that in looking at somebody and being able to relay and say they have the same amount of information that I would have or I would want them to know about the subject. Okay, I think about this with Brother Matthew. Brother Matthew is a missionary with the Rock of Ages Prison Ministry. If Brother Matthew is going to get up here and relay his, his burden for his ministry and communicate that with us in the five minutes or ten minutes that Pastor would give him, He would want to get up here and he would want to effectively be able to convey his burden for the prisons of New Hampshire and the schools of New Hampshire so we would be able to go back and say, okay, so this is Brother Matthew's burden. This is why Brother Matthew's going there. And and in looking at this, communicating, we communicate through words and through actions, okay? We know that Brother Matthew has, and I'm going to just keep using you as as an illustration today, but we know that Brother Matthew has a burden. Why? Because he talks about it. But then not only does he talk about it, but we know he goes and he does it. Okay? So there are his words, there are his actions. Okay? That's why he's out a lot. And he's preaching at churches. He's in the prisons. He's in the schools. I know he's in at least four schools, from what I understand, throughout uh, three, three schools throughout the week. I know he's working on a fourth. That's what it was. And in looking at this, communicating through words and through actions, having that personal relationship with somebody, it's hard to have a personal relationship with somebody if you don't talk to them. If, if Ruth looked at Naomi right here and, and took what Naomi said, but then never went and talked to Boaz, there wouldn't be a personal relationship given. If Ruth never went and actually went to where Naomi told her to go, there wouldn't be a, yeah, there, there's no action behind it. There wouldn't be a relationship that was there. And looking at this with God, I think about Psalm 50, 55 verse 17 and David writes and he says, evening and morning and at noon will I pray, will I cry aloud and he, and he shall hear my voice. He, he, I, I have to, I'm quoting it, but I know it in song because I remember it from college because they used to have us sing it in the mornings. 55, 17, it says, evening, morning and at morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. And in looking at this, David was talking about that aspect of talking and praying to Almighty God. Okay, I think about this 
a preacher by the name of Tom Bish. He's a pastor down in Connecticut. He challenged us in one, in one day in our chapel messages on, on how much do we pray? How much do we pray? I think about it, I'm, I'm as guilty as the rest of us. I got my screen time notification here this morning. Okay, my screen time was down this week, 14%. Praise the Lord. Okay, and that's with at least eight hours sitting inside a hospital and looking at it for like eight hours because you got nothing else to do sitting in a hospital. Okay, and looking at this, how much time do I spend on this? Well, was my prayer time down 14% this week? Was my communicating with God in the aspect of prayer down? Was me just talking with God and saying, hey, here's where things are at. And can I tell you this? I I got off work from the hotel last night at 11 o'clock. I drove home, and my wife was still awake when I got home. My wife didn't didn't look at me and go, all right, now now we're both going to sleep. We're not going to talk whatsoever. She wanted to know how the shift went. She wanted to communicate. Okay, to talk about how, how things went at the hotel all night. Thinking about this when it comes to God. Do you realize that God wants to know everything that he can about our days? Do you realize that, that God is the one person that we get to communicate and we can just be open and honest with? You know why? Because he knows anyways. Don't you love people like that? It's like they just... It, it, if it's your spouse, they already know what's going on with you, but you can sit there, you can talk to them, you can vent to them, you can, you can do whatever you need to talking-wise and, and communicate with them because they already know. God already knows. Can I tell you that when there's, when there's not somebody who's standing next to you, when there's not somebody standing there with you, that God's always there. And having that personal relationship with God that at a moment's notice, being able to say, hey, God, I need you. I think about this, having a personal relationship with God. For those of you who don't know, my, my wife was taken to the hospital on Tuesday. Um, first time ever we had to call an ambulance and, and have her taken to the hospital via ambulance. Can I tell you that a personal relationship with God, it does things for you? To have that moment of the, that we got, we, pastor came and he picked me up and drove me to the hospital. And that moment of sitting in the driveway and going, dear God, we need you. Can I tell you, Elon Musk wasn't picking up the phone for me. Tom Brady of the Patriots wasn't picking up the phone with me. I know he's on the Buccaneers now, but I, I still consider him a Patriot. Okay? He wasn't picking up the phone for me. Can I tell you, President Trump, President Biden, they weren't picking up the phone. There's only one person who could help with that. That was God. Having that personal relationship with God to be able to say, Hey, God, I need you. Can I tell you, when I called my dad that night... When I got back to the house, before I called 911, I called my dad and said, hey, I need you over here now. You know what he did? He got in his car and he came over. The promptness of my, my earthly father to come over and help me when I needed him. Can I tell you, my heavenly father? Coming in and just giving that peace of saying it's going to be okay. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I had no clue what was going to happen. I didn't know whether I was going to go and go into that hospital visit and come out that my wife had passed away and was in glory or whether she was going to stay with me. Just being honest with you, open and honest. But can I tell you that there was a peace in going into it knowing that God was in control. I step out of it now and I, I, I went over to the, uh, to the hotel last night. I was working 
I was explaining the situation to, to my coworkers, and it's very interesting because when they look back at me, and I mentioned this to Miss Jocelyn this morning, and they looked back and they said, they said, well, I hope she does better and she gets better. Can I tell you that we can do something better than hope? We can talk to that great physician. We can talk to the one, the almighty God, and say, hey, I'm going to communicate with him. Why? Because he already knows. He already knows what I'm going through. He already knows what you're going through. But being able to stand there and say, hey, I'm communicating with Almighty God. That whether these doctors have any idea what they're doing or whether they don't, the Almighty God knows what he's doing. And having that communication and being able to talk to Almighty God. But I don't even, th- I don't just think about talking with Almighty God, but I think about our actions in regards to it. The book of Romans, chapter number 12, verse number 1 and 2. I have to turn over there real quick. If I had Isaac up here, he could quote it for me. Romans, chapter number 12, verse number 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Communicating not just in our words, like how David was mentioning, praying evening and morning and at noon, but also communicating through our actions. Okay? Communicating through our actions. If, if you were to, uh, to say, okay, I believe God, well, do your actions prove it? I have a personal relationship with God, well, do your actions prove it? Can I tell? Can I tell that you walk with God? I, I've made the statement before when I was in, in college, the statement got made to me because I was going to come back and I was going to work with our teenagers. And the statement was wait, made, you better be real because teenagers can spot fake from a mile away. Can I tell you that I've noticed that with adults too, that adults can spot fake a mile away. You know why? Because they were teenagers once too. <laughs> okay, you don't just grow out from that. Okay, and looking at this, do our actions say that I have a personal relationship with God or do they not? For some of us, our actions might say that we have a really close relationship with that world. And it's going to be really close and saying, well, oh, I mean, they go to church on Sunday, but did you see them on Tuesday? Did you see them on Wednesday? At least they were in church on Sunday, though. Do you have a personal relationship with God? And do your actions communicate it? I think about it. We, I got talking. Anybody who knows him, he's downstairs working in junior church, so I can, I can say this. Um, I love him to death, Noah Tedarenko. If you know Noah Tedarenko, he is an avid sports fan. Avid. Like, I mean, he's sitting there. He was cutting Brother Zach Shive's hair on Monday, giving him a haircut. And... Um, Brother Zach Shives brought up about some random NFL player. I have no idea who it was. And Noah Tedarenko goes, oh, yeah, he just got traded to this such and such team. I'm sitting here going, how do you even know that? Okay? An avid sports fan. Okay, his actions show it. But can I tell you this, too? Is he, he's working and he's striving like how we should to become that active and that avid Christ fan. And saying, okay, I'm coming to church. I'm trying to put it out in my life. I'm trying to put it out in my daily actions of saying, hey, I'm a Christian. And this is what I believe. 
Okay, how do I know that? Because I have a personal relationship with them. You guys following? Is this making sense? Have a personal relationship with God to the point of where our, our actions are communicating, saying, hey, we have a personal relationship. But then not only do we, number one, we communicate, but number two, we connect with God. We connect with God. We can communicate with someone, but not necessarily connect with somebody. You, you, we know how that is, that you can stand there. A, a doctor can come in and he can communicate what needs to be done. He can communicate how, how things are so that we have equal information, but he might not connect with us. And saying, okay, well, he's communicating, but boy, it doesn't feel like this is coming across the right way. He's communicating, but I'm not necessarily feeling like he, he's really wanting to tell me this right now. I think about this, connecting. Okay, how do we connect? Well, number one, we spend time with God. Okay, spending time with God helps us to be able to connect with Him. Okay, we've already talked about that prayer time, but also spending time reading our Bible. Can I tell you that there and there are things in this life that we can read that honestly it doesn't really help us connect and have a personal relationship with God. Can I tell you that when I pull up the news app on my phone, regardless of what it is. That doesn't help me and lead me to saying, okay, I want to have a personal relationship with God right now. Can I tell you that when I pull that up and I look at it, I I don't sit here and go, man, this just makes me want to be a better Christian. Because if you follow the news today, the news today is terrible. Okay? News flash, terrible. Okay? You turn on the news, you don't even have to watch five minutes and you're already feeling bad. Okay? Okay? I pull up the NFL app on my phone because preseason started. You know what? That doesn't help me and drive me to be a better Christian. Can I tell you what does? My Bible. Having that personal relationship with God and reading and saying, okay, this is what God gave for me. And saying, this is for me. Can I tell you that really this whole message today, it was preached to me first. In looking at this, I'm just conveying what God has told me and saying, who do I know? Do I have a personal relationship with God? Do I communicate well enough with God? Am I connecting with God? Can I tell you this? When you connect with somebody, you get to know them. You, you set aside specific time to know them. I think about, I, I texted Brother Caleb, I think it was Wednesday. Texted him out of the blue. I said, where, where was it in Daniel? Because I couldn't find it. Finding, But Daniel set aside three times a day to be able to pray over in Daniel chapter 6. He would set aside a specific time, go into his specific area of prayer. He would he set his eyes towards Jerusalem and he would pray to Almighty God. And in looking at this, that dedication to say, I'm taking time to connect with God. And in looking at this and saying, okay, hey, I want to take time to get to know him. I think about this when I was um, dating Miss Amy, my wife now. Um, I would actually set times to be able to go down and visit her. Okay, because to build a relationship, I had to spend time with her. I know, shocker. Okay, to build, uh, to build a relationship, you got to spend time with that person. Okay, so for me going down to spend time with, uh, with Miss Amy, I had to actually drive two and a half hours to go down. And there, were, and there were many times that I would drive down simply to sit in Sunday night church to turn around and drive back because I wanted to spend time with Miss Amy. 
I would drive two and a half hours, get there in time to go into church, sit down for another hour and a half to be able to look at her at the end of service, say goodbye, turn around and drive home. Okay? You say, oh, well, that's just love. Okay? Oh, no. I wanted to be able to connect with her. Can I tell you that there's, if there's one thing that both her and I love, it's God. And we love to just spend time in church. I know she's watching today, but I'll just brag on her for a little bit. The fact that she's not in church today, it messes with her. But the problem is, is it doesn't mess with some of us. Why? Because we're not worried about connecting. Well, we're there on Sunday. We're not, I mean, they have a Thursday night service or a Thursday morning service. Ah, it's okay. I'll catch it later. How many of you guys go back and you watch, you know, like you think about um, YouTubers, how they put out videos. You go back and you watch all the history of YouTuber, uh, YouTubers' videos, okay, and the history of our church's YouTube and ha- has all the services on there. And looking at this, you know how hard it is to watch something that's already been done live? Okay, I'm going to watch this service after we're done with it, like later on this week, because I'm my harshest critic. But do you realize how hard it is to watch these things after it's been done? It's a whole lot harder to sit down when you've got everything else going on around you and say, okay, I'm going to dedicate this time to watch what, what went on. We just got a puppy two weeks ago. Okay, it's gotten a whole lot harder to be able to sit down, relax, and do anything since we got this puppy. Okay, I've been told that puppies are like toddlers. I wouldn't know yet, but having this puppy, it's insane. Okay, you get up, you're chasing it around the house because you're teaching it to go outside instead of inside the house. Okay, but taking that time and dedicating and saying, okay, I'm going to set aside this time to connect with God. Okay, it messes with my wife when she's not here. I know it. She brought up on Friday night. It's not even church time. We took, we took our young adults and, and our teenagers out to a baseball game. She sat at the house and she cried because she couldn't go. Not because she loves baseball, because trust me, she doesn't. <laughs> but because it's our teenagers, because it's the people of God. She wants to connect with them. Can I tell you, having a personal relationship with God, it changes you. It changes how you act. It changes where you go. It changes how you feel about places. Can I tell you, there's no place I'd rather be than in church. There's no place I'd rather be. I go work at that hotel from 3 o'clock to 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. I'm reminded how much I love my church. Because you got people who come in and they, they're walking in and they're... Hi. Can I tell you that I don't have to worry about that? Really at all, coming into church? And even if I did, I'd love it because I'm in church. I love every person that come walking through that door. Can I tell you the mission of Granite State Baptist Church? To love people like Jesus did. And to communicate that love and have that personal relationship with God in that. But then we get to know Him too. I talked about going down, spending time, getting to know my wife. Okay, You get to know her likes, her dislikes. You get to know little quirks about her. Um, one thing, I'll, I'll give you this, okay? I, I'm an avid food person, okay? How many of you like food? You can raise your hand. It's okay, okay? My favorite, my favorite meal is baby back ribs. 
Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, Miss Amy, her favorite meal is sushi. Sushi. Like, how many of you, don't raise your hand, okay? You get to know somebody, okay? Can I tell you that I have bought sushi since we've, uh, since we've been dating for her, okay? I hate sushi. Okay, now don't look at me. Well, have you tried? Yes, I've tried it, okay? It's still bad, okay? But you learn their likes and you learn their dislikes. You, you know going into it. Okay, it took, it actually, this was bad on me, okay? This is, I'm telling you my faults here. I didn't know her favorite flower till like three weeks ago. I knew her second favorite because it was a rose, okay? And her name was Amy Rose, okay? I knew her second favorite, okay? Her first favorite is a sunflower. I just found that out three weeks ago, okay? I didn't do a good enough job trying to connect and learn everything that I, I wanted to know. Okay. Can I tell you that when we get to know somebody, we, we get to know their names, too. I think about it this way. Um, I'm going to bring up Noah. He's down in, uh, down, uh, down in junior church, still working, Noah Tedarenko. Okay, he, Levi and Lincoln, his nephews, call him Tito. Okay, Uncle Tito. I think about, they, I know Levi and Lincoln call me Bubba, Uncle Bub. I think about Brother Clyde's put out on, on Facebook, I think it was two or three weeks ago now, he put out all the different names that he gets called. Okay, I'm not even going to tell you what the worst one was. Okay, but he talked about Clyde's or Caleb and, and, and what you would be called. You think about this going down through, do we know the names of God? Okay, I tell you, there's a, there's a book in my house. Okay, it's called All the Divine Names and Titles for God. Okay, here, here are just a few of them. Here, here are some of God's names. You have Wonderful. You have Counselor. You have the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Almighty, I Am, Jehovah God, Yahweh, Jesus, the Word, the Comforter, El Shaddai, which is the Almighty, All-Sufficient God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is our banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. You have the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And looking at all of this, you see, you see God's per- personality personified in this. I think about Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is a specific one that has a lot of impact in our life. I don't know if you guys can read this, but it actually has a very specific impact in our life right here. Can I tell you, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. You know how God provides? He provides in a personal relationship. He provides in a personal relationship. Can I tell you our pastor has a personal relationship with Almighty God? We're literally sitting today. I'm standing, you're sitting, in literally God's provision. Do you understand that? You know why? Because some people had a personal relationship with God that they could get a hold of God and say, hey, God, we need your help. We need you. For us to be able to just pick up the phone per se and say, Lord, I think about the song. um, It was um, Ron Hamilton, I believe it was. It it goes, Lord, I need you. And you have the song all the way through there. 
how much do we need God? I think about his attributes. Our, our God is a loving God. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. Praise the Lord, he's a long-suffering God. He's, a, he's an omniscient God. It means he's all-knowing. He's an omnipresent God, which means he's everywhere. You know, it's such a blessing that we serve a God that's everywhere all at once. Can I tell you this? That when, on Tuesday night when I had to call my dad, my dad wasn't there at my house. When I had to call the paramedics, the paramedics weren't at my house. You know who was? God. Everywhere, all where, all at once. That's God. Can I tell you, he knows everything. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're about to go through. He knows what you've been through. Why? Because he's God. Okay, who do you know? I think about this with Ruth coming back to Naomi. The Bible says in Ruth chapter number 2, Um, In verse number 19, Naomi looked at Ruth and said, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And and then it says, And she, speaking of Ruth, showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. Okay, that that word showed there, it implies that she, she went further into detail than just simply his name. Can I tell you that at this point with Ruth, Ruth was starting to get to know Boaz. But can I tell you it wasn't that personal relationship yet. Because when when you get over and we just started dealing with it in Ruth chapter number 4. Ruth chapter number 4, the Bible says, Then Boaz went up to the gate and sat him down there. Can we start to see Boaz take those steps forward and be in that kinsman redeemer for Ruth? To take those steps forward and say, okay, hey, I want to marry Ruth. I want to have a personal relationship with her. To the point where I'm willing to bring her unto myself and that's going to be my wife. In looking at this, seeing her start this personal relationship with God. Not with God, with Boaz. Us starting our personal relationship with God. It's got to start somewhere. Can I tell you, Joshua sitting up here on the front row, I can't start the personal relationship with God for Joshua. I can't start it for Reese. I can't start it for Abigail sitting down here on the front row. It's on them. But can I tell you a wonderful place to start is he's offered this wonderful gift of salvation. And can I tell you that, hey, when you start to get to know somebody, I used to send flowers to my wife. I used to send gifts to, uh, to her. She was my girlfriend at the time. And I used to send her gifts and, and, and portray my love towards her in gifts. Can I tell you that God gave us the greatest gift of all time? That was eternal life through his son. Can I tell you that God loved you enough that while you and I were wretches, while we were in our sin, that God said, hey, I love you enough, I'm going to die for you. You see, Boaz looked at Ruth Ruth being a Moabitess. Ruth was somebody who shouldn't be where she was at. Ruth was somebody that, that was from a heathen land. They, they worshipped a, a false god by the name of Chemosh. It was a, he, wanted, he was known for those, the blood sacrifices. Okay, from a false, a false land, false god. 
But can I tell you that Boaz looked at her and said, I love her enough that I'm going to redeem her. Can I tell you that God looks at you and me today and says, hey, I love you enough that I'm willing to send my son to die for you. And I did. Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, it says, But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That while I was in my worst state, while I was dying, I was heading to a place called hell, he said, I've got to change the plans for you. I'm going to send my son to die for you. All you got to do is accept this gift of salvation. Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse number 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. We all know what a wage is. We talk about how low the minimum wage is here in New Hampshire. Can I tell you how low the, min- uh, the minimum wage is for death? It's very simply sin. Okay? You don't have to do a lot of sin to be heading to death. Can I tell you how, uh, how much sin it takes? One. Can I tell you that I, I accomplished that very quickly as a child? My parents will tell you, I was a sinner. At the age of five years old, I knew I was heading to a place called hell. I knew I didn't want to go there. But then God sent his son to die for me. And I recognized that he sent his son for me. And I knew that if I didn't accept that gift of salvation, then I was heading to a place called hell. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9 and 10, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Looking at this for us, not only do we have a personal relationship by communication or by connecting, but we have a personal personal relationship by conforming. Okay, I think about this with me and my wife. There are certain things that I've conformed with back and forth inside the household. Okay, just being honest with you. I am not a perfect person to live with. I know. <gasps> when it comes to us in our lives, God changes us. He, he puts that, uh, that new man inside of us, the Holy Ghost coming inside of us for us to be able to live in honor and in glory towards him. That conforming, Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, we read it, talks about not conforming to the world. When we surround ourselves with people, we tend to conform to them. I think about, we all, uh, we all semi-know Brother Ben Simboli. He, sit, hey, he sits towards the back. He's a character, okay, if you know him. Okay, one, and one of the things that he'll commonly say is um, he'll be like, how about no? Or, that's no, Super Chief. Or, and, and he'll go through these different sayings. Well, can I tell you that those, uh, those of us who have hung around him, we've picked up on those sayings. We've started to conform our speech to be like Ben's. Okay? When you're saved, you start to conform yourself to the image of the Lord. You start to talk like the Lord. You start to act like the Lord. You start to witness like the Lord. Can I tell you that Jesus didn't pass up a sinner? The Bible says that he ate with sinners. When the publicans were out, when, when you've got the Pharisees who were out there and they were looking around being like, well, where's Jesus? Well, he's out there with the sinners. Can I tell you that we love sinners? We love people who just need God. And can I tell you that's everybody? I don't know a single person that doesn't need God. 
there's a statement that I had in college, and this is in closing. It was said to me that you've never locked eyes with somebody that Jesus didn't die for. That simple statement, you've never locked eyes with somebody that Jesus didn't die for. But then it's challenging to me of, does my personal relationship with God communicate it? Does it? I can tell you if you know me, you know that I love football. My actions show it. But do my actions show that I love Jesus? If it doesn't, then I need to work on that. Open and honest. I'll I'll stay from applying it to you guys. I'll apply it to me. If I'm standing here and I'm spending more time scrolling on this than I am eh, reading this, I got a problem. If I'd rather have a relationship with those on my Facebook feed than I do have a relationship with God, I got a problem. If I spend more time talking to people on here than I do talking to God in prayer, I got a problem. But that's just me. So in closing, Ruth in our text gets redeemed by Boaz. She then has a personal relationship with Boaz, no longer just an acquaintance. He's her husband. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on an old rugged cross so that you and I can have a personal relationship with him for all of eternity. He did that so that we can be more than just acquaintances.